Good morning, and welcome to I Hate Music. Today I have Pete Lee from Lawnmower Death with me. How you doing, man? I'm really good. Good evening. Yeah, good, hey, <laughs> good morning to you. Time zones right, Jace. Good evening. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Really, really, really good to see you. I'm yeah, good. it's good to see you, man. It's uh, been quite a while. It's been probably five or six years since we've seen each other in the flesh. Yeah, it's I think. good. It's, I'd, I'd have gone for four, but my wife will tell you my my, my memory's not a good thing. Um, <laughs> so it's, yeah, well, you're, it's, pro- it's, you're probably right because you're younger than I am. Um, yeah, it's been a not while, by much, hasn't but it? Yes, other than it, it's, virtual it's, communication, it's been a long time since I've seen you. It's been a long time. That was bloodstock of uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Few few years ago, that was yeah, that and, was much what fun. What fun it was! That was great. Uh, actually, I mean, I've told you this at at length, but one of the highlights of my my musical career and my life is to join you on stage as the <laughs> sheep that got dipped. <laughs> and you're just too kind. <laughs> <laughs> I am too kind, but it's also true. Uh, been a massive lawnmower fan ever since I discovered lawnmower. Oh man, ninety. 192. Okay. Uh, well, you would know Grind Crusher Comp. Yeah, yeah. Well, Grind Crusher was a bit earlier than that, wasn't it? Probably Grind Crusher was, was it? about 89, I think. 89? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I've discovered it right away then. I would have discovered it maybe a little bit later, being in the, uh, the rural Montana land. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that was a standout track on Grind Crusher for me. And what a legendary comp. I mean, that's. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 it's an interesting one, isn't it, Grind Crusher? Because it's the, uh, I think it it puts certain bands yeah. into um, an arena where we wouldn't have been known about. We were definitely one. I suspect yeah. uh, OLD were one of those because um, yep. they were on there. Uh, and, and, you know, people knew about your sort of napalm death and your, 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 your kind of carcasses coming through and stuff like that. Sure. Probably didn't know about Filthy Christians. Um, or and, and, blur. And a lot of people have said that that was possibly their first exposure to us. Yeah, I mean, for me, it definitely was. And I was just getting into, I mean, I've been into earache bands and death metal for a few years at that point. But, um, you know, not not the deep cuts. Like I knew the, the Morbid Angels and the Carcasses and the Entombed yeah. and things like that. Um, but Lawnmower was just, it was so unique and so different. I mean, I think you guys and uh, Naked City were the ones that really just stood out on that comp, you know? Naked, um, Naked City still makes my ears hurt. Oh, yeah. I love, <laughs> I love Naked City. <laughs> yeah, it's great. But I remember um, I remember hearing that, tr- that track. It was Satan's Trampoline. And, uh, I mean, again, I can't stress how important that compilation was for exposing people to different bands, especially if you're not, if you weren't, like you said, if you weren't in that arena, um, you know, growing up in uh, a farming town, basically in uh, rural Montana, I mean, that was exposed me to so many different things. And then it was right after that, I feel like Headbangers Ball on MTV played a video for Satan's Trampoline, and then I was just hooked. Is it, am I am I remembering that correct? Is there a video for Satan's Trampoline? Video for wasn't it? Um, Kids um, in America. That that would have been the one with the video. Um, and and you're, you're one. right. You're, there's hay bales involved, if I remember. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. That's the kids in America okay. video, and and then there was okay. another sort of later on um, on the next album. Um, okay. But I, I'm I'm kind of with you on the importance of Grindcore. I, th- I think the tour was all, um, really important. Oh yeah. Um, as a tour, the Grindcrusher tour was you know different level. Um, sure. Because I'd been seeing some of those early bands because you know Earache was Nottingham based and, and as a band we were Nottingham mm-hmm. based um, so you know we'd had really the, the first time I saw Napalm Death was you know there wasn't even a stage it was just a small room and they were playing on the floor uh, and everybody yeah, just imagine. thought it was a joke band um, sure be- yeah because there were longer breaks than there were songs they just sort of <laughs> stood there doing <laughs> 10 second blast beat songs and, and they were sporting DRI um, it was uh, oh, DRI, wow. okay. DRI, Holy Terror, and Napalm Death. That's what it was, and uh, and that's the first time I'd seen them. But I think the you know the Grind Crusher album exposed everything, and then the Grind Crusher mm-hmm. tour over here stopped it from being that sort of crust scene kind of anomaly stuff. To right. suddenly it was playing major venues. It was the wow. first time Morbid Angel had been over, and I guess of all the yeah. bands on that, they were they they were probably the most 
I don't mean proficient in that way, but I guess technically they were the most uh, advanced. Um, But suddenly all the thrash kids were going to see Napalm Death and Bolt Thrower. And before it was all the punks and the crust kids were going to see Napalm Death and Bolt Thrower. That makes sense. There was a massive shift shift change at that point, I think. It was really, really interesting to watch. So when you when you're saying you're seeing Napalm, is that like Justin Broderick era? No, it wasn't quite that early. No, it was it was okay. the classic lineup. So you know, it, yeah. it, it was Bill looking about three years old, and Mick Harris, and and <laughs> and, and Shane hadn't even started growing hair. Um, you know, so right. it was a really really early incarnation of of, of that. It's not Mark One, is it? I guess it was Mark Two, Napalm Death, I suppose. The classic Lee Dolly right. and uh, Bill Steele. Ah, uh, yeah, that's great. That's I actually I just saw Napalm on Sunday. Oh, cool. Um, and yeah, you know, and I've seen them a few times in the past. Um, but you know, better now than ever. Than what I you think. saw? Yeah, they're 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 still great. Still, you know, filled with energy. Um, they played some classic tracks off of uh, Scum and Harmony Corruption. And I'm kind of a Harmony Corruption guy myself, so I was very yeah, excited to hear children. them. Yeah, Suffer the Children always a go-to, oh, isn't it? Yeah. Suffer the Children, uh, Vision Conquest. Yeah, great stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, and they, totally. they they played well. And we did a couple of shows with them energy. Um, about two years ago before all this shenanigans oh, that we've okay. had of uh, lockdowns and stuff yeah. like that. And we did a couple of festivals. And I hadn't seen them for ages. I hadn't seen them since the year eight days. Um, wow. and, and, and he was like bumping in somebody you'd seen 10 minutes ago. So really good catch up with right. Barney and Shane. Um, oh, that's they great. were fantastic. They were just yeah. brilliant that night. Yeah. Yeah. They were the same the other night, just filled with energy. Um, felt like, uh, yeah, felt like they're just on top of their game and what yeah, it's yeah. been over 30 years later, you know, and I mean, still important, I think. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And they're, they're definitely, they're not reinventing the wheel. They're doing stuff no, that they haven't they're, done they're in the past. They're doing what you want them to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's awesome. Well, enough about napalm. <laughs> um, talk about napalm all night. That's much nicer than talking yeah. about me. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I do love napalm death, but uh, I would really like to talk about lawnmower death. Okay. Uh, my two favorite deaths. Uh, so... I want to talk a little bit about, before I get into the new album, I want to talk a little bit about uh, what happened between, I'm going to have the years wrong, but let's let's say uh, what happened between mid-90s to mid-2000s. Um, it's about did, right. It's end of 93 okay. is when it finished. Um, okay. And, and I think we, we started again in 2010. 2009, okay, 2009. Was, um, okay, I what was almost right. What happened in the middle um, is yeah. very simple, I think. We, we, uh, uh, when Billy came out, yeah. um, Billy didn't sound to us like Billy sounded to us in the studio. It's the first Gotcha. Thing. So mm-hmm. he, 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 he was a lot more, he, he was a lot more raw in the studio and it definitely i mean you know there's no denying uh, you know we'd, we'd gone off down the punk route um but yeah it, it didn't sound as polished and as clean as it came out and consequently mm-hmm. everybody uh, you know hated it which is great very timely given the name of your podcast um, um yeah. but literally people hated <laughs> you know what we'd done um with, with a few exceptions and we went you know what fair enough um we've had a reasonable run We'll call it quits. Yeah. You know, wow, okay. we're, we're, we're old friends. Um, there was no point sure. in falling out about anything. Um, it, it was simply we thought, you know what, we were never going to be the next Metallica. You know, you, you yeah. call yourself Lawnmower Death. You're not born for longevity. Um, right. It, it's done its thing. It's burnt out. Joke's over. And that was it. So we ju- we just stopped. Um, uh, we're no desire ever to do it again really or, or or to do anything again creatively or or to make music or certainly to gig or anything like that and as you can imagine over the years you get mm-hmm. the offers um and sure. you know as well as i do it tends to be when you've gone over one step like that the offers come but they're really awful <laughs> in, yeah in, in the uh-huh. night <laughs> and you know i'm getting people phoning up saying oh you know will you play my birthday party or something like that and just, just, sure just, no um, Will you play my so, birthday party? 
Yeah, I'll play My your birthday's birthday in January. That's a different job. Come over. Um, oh. But, you know, it's amazing. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, that'd be a nice trip. But, you know. Yeah, it'd uh, be great. <laughs> but that, that was it. We were done. Uh, and, and so we did what everybody does in life. You know, there's no surprises. I got married. I had kids. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, we all worked. Um, and, and, and we grew up in life because that's, that, that's what you do. And, and yeah. you know, it's good you do that as well, by the way. It's, uh, you know, it's not a bad Definitely. thing. Um, you know, it's all, it's all part of it. So that's what we did. You know, we just, you know, we're friends, so we're always still in touch. You know, we'd never gone anywhere. It's just that we didn't exist as a band. And then what sure. happened was um, the phone call came to say, would, mm-hmm. would we open up for Bullet from a Valentine? Um, and I don't know what they're like over there in terms of size or anything like that. But over here, this was going to be their biggest ever UK show. It was like a, okay. a 10,000-seat arena uh, in London. Oh, wow. Um, so it, Are yeah, they fans it wasn't of a Lime small Lime? offer of will you play my birthday right. party. <laughs> yeah. It's will you play the Enormo Dome. Um, right. And we were all 40 that year. And what okay. a great way to have a midlife crisis at 40. We'll sure. get back together. We'll do one show. Uh-huh. Where we know we're going to completely confuse the audience because it's not our audience, and yeah. and that'll do. We can say we've done it. We'll all go home and we've got a nice story for the grandkids, uh, and that was exactly. it. <laughs> and here I am, eleven years later, talking to you yeah. about new albums and stuff. So uh, it, it's strange the way life goes. But we we literally had those fifteen years off doing nothing, apart yeah. from living. Well, sometimes you need that that break, I think, and sometimes you need that. Uh just that time to process and not be a band. Yeah. And obviously it's, obviously it's worked out. I know um, a few years ago I, I asked you about new material and you said, yeah, I don't really think that's going to happen. We'll just see what's in the cards. said that for and a now, long time. Yeah, so the, you have a new album my, coming my, out. My thought, our thoughts, uh, probably all the same thing really. I mean, I'm talking as me, aren't I? But, you know, I guess collectively we're all in the same place. We enjoyed the fact that we probably enjoy the compliment as much as anything else because we're all really egotistical and like being stroked under the chin and people say of you're nice people and come and play this show. You know, that's great. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I think what it was was we liked being offered gigs that we were never afforded before. So before, you know, we yeah. were doing club shows, we were playing with our counterparts. Um, mm-hmm. Occasionally we play with some of the bigger American bands coming over and stuff like that. But, you know, we're in the scene as we've all been and done. Um, but sure. the festival circuit wasn't there. And, and and these larger shows, you know, I guess with, you know, the, the, the more extreme stuff becoming more accessible because everybody aged a yeah. bit, um, yeah. pulled it into the mainstream a bit, um, within reason pulled it into the mainstream. And so those th- those offers that weren't there came. And we just enjoyed um, um, just going out for retro kicks, getting together occasionally, doing a few shows a year, uh, the kind of shows we weren't doing, big outside festivals and playing to big crowds, uh, and having a nice day out going to see bands and meeting people like you on the way. You know, it was that sure. kind of thing. We were just enjoying ourselves doing that. That was good of enough course, for yeah. us, really. With no, no yeah. plans and material. But, of course, then somebody wrote a song <laughs> yeah. and it, it starts doesn't it and and the yeah. problem is when somebody writes a song it gets listened to and you go well that's quite interesting yeah and then another one very quickly appears because if one's written a song and somebody else writes a song and before you knew it there was a massive material coming through which was sounding great and then right. it was well so we should do something you know so it was quite organic Right. So I, I assume that that started with a few years back. Um, what is it? Uh, Fuck you, Christmas. And... <laughs> well, yeah, there's been bits. We, 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 yeah. We've dropped. I mean, there's been, so, you know, as I say in nearly every interview I ever do, our, our life is all luck and no judgment. Um, and very odd right. things happen when you're in lawnmower death. So, so, so really bizarre things happen. Um, you know, not least you and I you know, sticking the names on the same release and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, exactly. but you know, really strange things happen to me. Um, like, you know, we get partnered with Kim Wilde. Um, yeah. And so we did, the, we did the Fuck You Christmas single with Kim. Um, yeah. And what led into that was before that, um, 
the BBC over here as our biggest sort of national radio station, mm-hmm. uh, we ended up doing a, 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 a jingle for their big show. Um, because yeah. of a really bizarre circumstance where we got put in with them. And, and, and in the end, we told them one of their jingles was shit and we'd give them a new jingle, which we didn't. We got played <laughs> yeah. on national radio, you know, God knows how many times a week as part of the show. So all these little bits were coming out, which were all great fun, but uh, were just kind of isolated things. Sure. Um, yeah. So those bits were there, but the the... the that, you know, needing that entire wealth of it, or, you know, by wealth, but, you know, 20-odd <laughs> yeah, minutes yeah. or something of material um, wasn't in our line of sight until it started to happen, and then it grew that way. Right. So. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that that totally makes sense. It sounds like it happened very organically. Um, yeah, the Kim Wilde thing. That's was... the bottom line, Jason. We, we, we are notoriously lazy, lazy. Um, <laughs> and it takes something like that for something else to happen. <laughs> sure. And once that once one sense. thing happens, it's like little dominoes going over, isn't it? You know, you knock one over, and the next yeah. one goes, and the next one goes, and then it all kind of falls into place quite quite naturally. Um, right. No, at no point did anybody say, "I've got a really great idea. Let's write an album. We'll release it on this al- label, and we'll do it this way." Yeah. That was never a thought. Right. We just make it up as we go along. Yeah, well, nothing wrong with that. Uh, speaking of the new album, it comes out... When does it come out? It comes out January. Um, although January. it's got a really okay. odd split because of the manufacturing issues in the music industry. Sure. Um, so yeah. so it, it officially comes out the 28th of January. Um, okay. So that will be all good streaming sites. <laughs> I believe there are yeah. several. Um, and it comes out on CD. Um but the vinyl is about five months later um, yeah. because of the manufacturing issues in the industry. So, right. But that's us and everybody else, isn't it, I guess? Yeah, um, seriously. Yeah. yeah. It's a the really delays are weird really bad. thing. Um, but, it's uh, really yeah, weird. Uh, very, very early in the new It could have come out earlier, I guess. Um, but the label wanted to hold back until uh, the Yuletide festivities were out of the way. And that's okay. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Um, and I think the holidays are kind of notoriously bad for releasing anything new. Um, yeah. It, it, it saves me going up against Mariah Carey, doesn't it? I'm, I'm sure that, yeah. that makes all the difference. Yeah. I, that, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe next time you can do a song with Mariah Carey. Well, that'd be nice, Wild. wouldn't it? Why not? Yeah. <laughs> so the, the new album, um, January 28th, it's the day before my birthday. So you're going awesome. to be celebrating the release day at my house, playing for my birthday too. How great is that? I'm, I'm deeply honored. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's called Blunt Cutters. Is that correct? Yeah. All right. Awesome. Um, I think we should listen to the first single off of that. Let's do uh, it. That album. All right. You wanna you wanna tell me what it's called and lead into it, and then I'll play it. Yeah. So the the, the, the first single. There's going to be two, but this is the first one. It's called uh, Death Maim Kill. We are looking at how to pronounce this name from Greek mythology and the ancient Greek religion and myth. He is the god of the dead and the king of the underworld, with which his name becomes synonymous. How do you go about pronouncing it? Hades, you do want to stress on the first syllable, the A syllable. Hades. Hades, God of the Dead. Hades, did you get it? Yo, my 
lots of fun, lots of death, lots of killing. A bit of maiming. <laughs> Just a touch. <laughs> All right. All right, Pete, that was awesome, man. Um, I have had the pleasure of listening to the record, and I enjoy it very, very much. I'm glad. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting to hear Lawnmower Death again in 2021, um, especially after, I mean, shit, that's been... Yeah, a long time. What? That's been almost How a 30-year break? <laughs> yeah. I'm, my maths are not good at yeah, yeah, yeah. 8, 26 a.m. Yeah, yeah. It's best about 28 years, I think, isn't it, between releases? Oh, my God. We are, we are prolific in terms of output, aren't we, at this point? Well, you, you certainly are. <laughs> you you really seem to amazing. release something about once every three days, um, I, and I release that's something my once every 28 years. I thought Mr. Bungle was bad, you know, every four years and then taking a break. But <laughs> no, yeah. no, 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 those young crazy kids in Bungle releasing stuff every four years. <laughs> Twenty-eight years, wow! It's insane, isn't it? That is, I know. it is, it is insane. Um, uh, I want to talk about Billy for a second, okay? Because I love Billy. Billy is. When that came out, it, w- it was definitely a surprise for me. But me and my friends listened to that nonstop for cool. years. I mean, that there's something about it that just, to me, it was lawnmower, but a different like side of lawnmower, basically. And I definitely see what you what you mean about it being, you know, polished and not very raw and whatever. But man, it's so catchy. Um, s- songs like "Do You Want to Be a Chuff Core?" You know, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's just. And some of the melodies, the hooks on there, the playing's fantastic. Your singing is like top notch. Just absolutely love that record. But one thing that's always puzzled me is, is Billy, Billy Milano? No. No. Okay. <laughs> the short answer so. to that. Um, I, um, I didn't think so. The one, but... the one on the other albums about Billy Milano. <laughs> we did yes, write a song about yes. Billy. Um, yeah, you fat um, bastard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, yeah. at that point, you know, there's a reason for that. I'll, I'll tell you the reason. I don't think I've ever told anybody this, but uh, we, we uh, Steve met him one night in a, in a nightclub. And, and went up and said hello. Okay. Uh, and, and he was so obnoxious to him. That, oh, oh, I imagine. Fuck you then, Billy. You know, because, uh, yeah. you know, we were genuine fans of where he was coming from. And uh, he was so sure. obnoxious about it. They were just, oh, whatever. So, you know, you get Danny Lilgo, yeah. who's like just a lovely, lovely guy. And then you got Billy on the flip side. So, we, and we right. were, you know, 19 years old. What are you going to do? You're going to write oh, a rude sure. song about somebody then, aren't you? So, of course. So that yeah. was about, but no, Billy, Billy's just a nondescript. Billy's what we call people whose names we can't remember. So, if I ever call you Billy, <laughs> it's because. Because, uh, you know, it becomes great. Billy Customer, Bull, Billy Punter, Billy Bloke in the T-shirt. It's just people right. whose names we can't associate. So it's a nondescript person, Billy. I that's love what, it. That's what and Billy it, is. That's so, oh, man, it's it's so funny because that has literally been a question in my mind since yeah, 93. We've, <laughs> we've always really rudely called our audience Billy's. Um, so really? it's always okay. been, you know, like... You know, Billy in the crowd, Billy over there. You've got, you've not got a clue who they are. So, so yeah, just that—that's what Billy that's is. Great. It's a non, it's a, it's, a, it's a nondescript. That's so cool. Um, so that lends itself into the cover, then the little the little like yeah, yeah. nondescript boy. On yeah, the yeah. Cover. Nobody knows yeah. who he is, do they? That that was just a cool. <laughs> limit. I mean, the, the whole thing had moved, hadn't it? I guess he was. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, there's a there's a couple of reasons for Billy. Um, I think. Paddy wasn't in the band, and Kev was. Uh, mm-hmm. And Kev's a really great guitarist uh, mm-hmm. and a really good melody guy. Um, so, so Kev was part of the process. Uh, myself yeah. and Chris Flint, the drummer, particularly at that point, we, we'd always gone to hardcore shows anyway. Um, yeah. You know, whether whether it was more the cross side, and we're going to see, you know diss somebody or other uh, or a concrete right, sock some or one of those kind of bands mm-hmm. you know it's either that's but really into bands like circle jerks really into bands like di um really sure. into all that that kind of scene that was going on and then the more melodic stuff was start just starting to show at that point i guess you know uh, bad religion was coming on the radar over here and stuff like that mm-hmm. 
and and it, you know we were because we were young we were really really influenced by that stuff so that's us just sure. fanboys really so i think that yeah that that's why most of that stuff happened um but yeah. it was fun it was fun stuff to play as well because it wasn't oh yeah you know it wasn't all out thrashy. It was, uh, you know, it was a bit more song structured. It was good and bouncy. It was good fun to play and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So all those things, but the imagery changed, um, you know, partially because of the music. But we were joking about this the other night. We'd Dan Seagrave was obviously the guy who did all our artwork up until that point. Right. And, and, and when you look at Dan's legacy, we, we, we knew Dan as a school kid. Um, so okay. we went to school with Dan. He, he was a friend of my girlfriend's yeah. at the time. Um, and so we knew him as a, a school kid. And he, he used to do flyers for us for the early gigs. Um, wow. And we'd be in the pub and we'd say, oh, Dan, just draw on this piece of paper, will you? We'll, we'll use it as a flyer for a gig. You know, and then yeah. he became, you know, the number one artist in metal kind of thing. Um, yeah. th- th- those things are probably worth a fortune. And we had them on the back of, a, you know, a napkin in a pub. Um, sure, and, and yeah. just printed a few of his flyers. Um, so he did all our artwork, but by that point, he'd have cost you a lot of money um, to, to do your yeah. artwork. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and, and so I guess money was one thing, and everybody was using him uh, if they got the word sure. death in the names, um, or if they were yep. German, or if they were American. Everything yeah. had a Seagrave <laughs> piece of artwork on it. Definitely. And we just went for a change. So I guess the whole thing yeah. looked different at that point. Yeah, well, it was. It was. It was drastically different. I mean, going from bozo clowns to Billy, it's it's huge. I mean, I, I still hear the lawnmower in it, like I said. But it's, it's, uh... See, to us, it wasn't. If you go back to, I, I tend to blank from a memory the split album, but um, oh yeah, you get to Crikey. I think I think Crikey is quite a punk album. I think most of us think that for sure. Um, you know, it's got a lot of raw punk riffage on it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and so on and yeah clowns has definitely got a bit more technicality and it's got twin lead brakes yep. on it and stuff like that so it's definitely got more metal definitely. edge to it but i think crikey yeah. pretty much set the stall out we were i know a lot of people don't like the term punk metal but i think that pretty much sums up where we are you know we're probably a good yeah. band in a boat and, and and billy i guess is just more punk than metal but um if it hadn't sounded quite so polished it would yeah. probably have not stuck out quite so much um yeah i think you're probably right but he i think the production had a lot to do with that yeah yeah i think you're right yeah um yeah again that was just a record that i listened to all the time and actually i listen i still listen to it probably a few times a year um i was oh, able awesome. to track down a vinyl Is copy it, on amazon see it's strange because even over here you know when we play shows because like we play billy stuff live um yeah it doesn't sit out that far in the set it sits in quite nicely but the stuff people right. ask for more so than anything live is stuff off billy and it's one of those albums people really? have grown into actually yeah yeah i think eventually yeah. they forgave us for it and then decided they liked it um but it took him 30 years to do that <laughs> that that definitely happens um if you had a standout track for me to play on this episode from billy what would it be i'd i'd, I'd play stomach gout mainly because i don't sing stomach gout bit. I just love yeah. that as an intro. <laughs> yeah. um, okay. I, I just think it's just a killer lick of a, a yeah. of an intro in that song. Awesome. Really, okay, let's yeah, listen to that, that now. That one sits out quite strongly for me on the album. Cool. Let's check it out now. <laughs> Thank you. 
thanks, Pete. That was great. Um, cool. Yeah, enough about Billy. Um, let's talk about the new record a little bit, okay. some more. Um, do you have any? I mean, I know that it's not released yet. I don't want to give away too much, but do you have any like? Uh, are there any concepts behind this record from a from a fan standpoint? I could see some. I don't want to say like standard lawnmower things, but I saw some definite. Uh, I guess themes that kind of throw back to to earlier records, as far as like maybe some characters would go. That, that, I mean, are there, are there like any specific like themes or ideas with the new? That's record? this uh, this non deliberate. We are lazy and we don't think things through. Thing coming through again here. What you've got is the yeah. personalities of the band. You've always got that with Lawnmower. And yeah. So, um, what tends to happen is stuff that appears lyrically is probably stuff that we, we, we find quite funny or quite entertaining right. to us. Um, and, and it's still the same characters, isn't it? Yeah, we've got a, a, a different drummer. Yeah. But we know, you know, Chris has always been around us. You know, Chris crewed mm-hmm. for us as well as been in other bands. So, you know, yeah. we've always been with Chris. So he's, you know, still part of the family. So, so what you've got is right. that continuation of of yeah. uh, of personalities coming through. So you know, I'm like, you know, I'm not going to write lyrics about you know walking over the glaciers in Norway looking for the midnight sun, <laughs> um, because that's not me. Um, it's just yeah. not going to work, is it? Um, yeah. So so you know when when either I drop some lyrics down or or Chris Bill and the drummers written quite a few of the lyrics this time as well. It's just the kind of stuff that if I was sat here now and I got a beer and we were just, you know, yeah. making stupid comments at each other, there's probably a lawnmower song in there somewhere. You know, I'll probably spot right. something that's that sends you off. So, so it's not that there's themes. It's just simply that's what goes on. That's the process. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, Spence. <laughs> that makes sense. It does that as um, well. It does both those things. Yeah. Spence and sense. Um, speaking of silliness, let's talk about the stage names for a minute. Okay, let's um, not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 53 for God's sake. Oh <laughs> uh, man, you know, I growing up, I knew you for so long as your full on stage name, and now I can't even recall the whole thing. Um, I, I yeah, think we try not to use were, them as well. Are you using them for the new record? Or no, are you? <laughs> absolutely no? <Okay>. not. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, there was a reason we had that. Uh, you know, um, what? Why did we have those names? It was 1987, 1988. Yeah, everybody had yeah, a name exactly. like that. To be perfect, you know, look, you know, the, the band that the number one band that made us want to be in Law Mode was Venom. Right. So when we first heard Venom. Um, and Warfare, actually, as well. Okay. But, um, when I first heard Venom, it was, what the fuck is this? You know, I mean, it just, right. it was like shoving your head in a concrete mixer. Yeah. And then I thought, well, if they can do that, anybody can do that. Mm-hmm. And then you saw the live show and you're like, I really want to do that stuff. Um, yeah. Um, but they had Kronos and Abaddon and Mantis, and then you went to Bathory uh-huh. and, you know, had, sure. you had equal kind of, you know, ridiculously epic names and so on. Yeah. And so we thought, well, you know, we've got to have those kind of names, but we just named everybody after a gardening implement, as you do. Um, And that's hilarious when you're 18 years old. Of course it is. And and when somebody wants to call you Quarkus Mutilator, uh, in my case, at the age of 53... Yeah. You're kind of a little bit past it, really. You're like, you're, come on. <laughs> yeah, no, it's Pete. Oh, it's always man. been Pete. Just call me Pete. Um, yeah. And 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 so, so yeah, they were very much of the time, but they, they did serve as well. Uh, yeah, but no longer in use, which yeah, I, I, it, I think, that makes sense. you know, people will still attach those names to us. They really will. But we've of actually course. used our real names uh, on, on wow. the new album. Okay. Wow. <laughs> uh, speaking of names, uh, what's Flymo's role in the band at this point? Uh, well, he doesn't now. Um, he he did mm-hmm. officially retire. 
um, in, mm-hmm. in the most disgraceful way. So his his last show uh-huh. was uh, we did we did uh, we did a black metal festival in south of England, <laughs> and then they oh, asked wow. us to go okay. as a bit of light relief. Um, yeah. So it was full of like corpse grinding makeup people uh, sure. and us, um, which was great. And it was possibly the hottest gig I've ever done in my life. It was Ooh. in some archways, um, uh, uh, and it was disgracefully hot. Uh, and literally, yeah. his his superpower was to throw up. Um, oh wow! Which uh, and I thought it was because of um, uh, because of the heat and so on. Um, yeah. But actually, turned out a lot of it was nerves as well as heat and stuff like that. Okay. And he just got to the end of that show. Having probably exploded several times during the set, and just said, "I'm done. I can't keep doing that." Um, yeah. And so he stood down, and, and fair dues. So, so, so we mm-hmm. retired, and we gave him a, yeah. you know, we gave him a clock, and we waved him off, um, and, yeah. and so on. So, um, so he never performs with us, and obviously Chris Billum is um, in with us, and it's great having Chris in the band because he's an amazing drummer. Um, yeah. But Flymo's still around us. So yeah. we've we've got a show in a couple of weeks in in London. Flymo's coming, um, and he'll Great. be part of the stage show. So he'll probably be dressed up as Santa Claus or something like that, and uh, <laughs> and he'll get involved. Yeah. You know, he, he he likes to be there, but he doesn't he doesn't want to play he drums. Want to play. He hates drums, yeah. to be frank. Um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favourite things ever. I lined up a drum endorsement for him once, and he he really? had to go to the drum manufacturer. And they put okay. him into a booth um, and said, well, play this kit. And they're obviously going to give him the kit and he, he was going to get to attach his name to it. And he went in, hit a few drums, came out and said, I fucking hate drums. Uh, and that was his, <laughs> that was the end of his endorsement <laughs> deal um, because that's what he was like. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, he's, uh, yeah, he's, <laughs> he, he, he's like a bad stain. Um, he's still yeah. around us. He, we can't get rid of him still entirely. Still and nor would we want yeah. to get rid of him because uh, he's a lovely right. bloke. Um, but but yeah, he's he's no no longer part of the uh, the machine, as it were. Yeah, but he's he's still part of the crew. That's yeah. one thing I noticed when I was with you guys in uh, in England for Bloodstock is when I was getting prepared to be the sheep. You had so many people helping with not only just like standard tech people, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to forget their names, but I think one was Dean. Yeah. 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 Um, Dean. Yeah. Yeah. Dean's part of our yeah. crew. Yeah. Yeah. He was yeah. helping me like with the sheep mask and he was, he was a lovely person. He was so much. Oh fun yeah, to be yeah, with yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, part was, of our, they're part of our entourage, darling. You know, we have loads yeah. of people. We have people who do stuff. Uh, yeah. De- Dean and, and Russ and all the guys that crew for, they're just great. Um, they're just yeah. people we met along the way, actually, and just became firm friends with. And actually, um, they're part of the uh, Evil Scarecrow. Um, That's right. Yeah. So, in fact, yeah. Dean is the yeah. new guitarist in Evil Scarecrow. Um, I think I saw that. Yeah. But but you know they you know they still want to be involved, and and, and we're completely the opposite of everything Evil Scarecrow are. Um, right. Because Scarecrow is a very organised, very orchestrated show. Um, and and ours is as you've seen firsthand is let's just make this one up as we go along and see what happens. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and and they quite enjoy being involved with us because I think we're the uh, fly by the seat of your pants version of what right. they're not. Um, and it, it's it's great having people around you like that. They're just good people. They're good to spend time yeah. with. Um, yeah. And it I was, just keep, I was... keeps the fun factor in there. Yeah, I was I was honestly so nervous to do that because again, like I didn't really know you guys at the time and been a massive fan for decades and I I actually almost didn't show up. I was so nervous. I'm like these guys don't want me, you know, they don't want me to do this. Oh, but no, I did. If somebody, like, if somebody my, is stupid enough to say they will go in that tank, <laughs> they can go in that tank because it's a horrible thing. My bandmates were like, you have to do this. You have to do this. I'm like, yes, of course I do. So I show oh, up. It's, just, it's, and, it's a horrible thing, isn't it? Well, it, I mean, <laughs> when, I got, when I got gunged, it actually lifted my contacts off of my eyes. Nice. It was like, and I couldn't breathe for a second. It was, ah, it was horrifying. Yeah. It was, <laughs> but it was Dean was so lovely. He, he it was, absolutely was like perfect. making sure that I was like, 
comfortable and like he was like calming my nerves and I was like when do I go on he's like well when sheep dip starts playing and he's like do you know the song I'm like of course I know the fucking song and then I was like second guessing myself like what if I come out at the wrong time and you know and then I ran out and it's like so from my side if you imagine you know because I'm front and center and stood at the front I haven't got a clue what's going on behind me no no idea um yeah anything could go on it doesn't matter it honestly yeah. doesn't matter. It's just what, what whatever. There's some stuff going on in the background, and and lots of people generally looking confused in the audience whilst it's happening. Yeah. Well, That's it was so funny because I, it's it was amazing, and it was a, it was a nice crowd. Um, but yeah, when I ran, they out always there, are at Bloodstock, given it's the yeah the most extreme of the festivals over here, I guess. Um, yeah, no, it was or, or yeah, the you, broadest you gotta... in terms of the music on it, and so on. They're, they're totally. just a really nice bunch of people there, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I had a I had a fantastic time, but when I ran out on stage, I remember Chris looked over at me, and he was definitely playing a part of like, oh, it's the sheep. But I totally thought he made me think that I came out at the wrong time, and I was like, oh <laughs> fuck! Like, did I really fuck up more, this more likely, show? Chris was in the wrong time, <laughs> in the wrong place, and wondering what was going on. <laughs> yeah, anything uh, it was, happens. It was great. Yeah, no, man, that was that was so much fun. Um, and then, of course, it was great to get to know you as a as a person and a friend. Hey, we had since a good day then. that day. I really enjoyed we it. Had a few pints um, afterwards. Yeah. I didn't steal any of your pints, and I'm sure you appreciated that. Um, but yeah, great, great time. So let's. I know you have to go fairly soon, but I really yeah, want to talk about go. one more thing. I want to ask you about the cob. Okay. Yeah. The cob, as an American, that's nothing. Like, we don't know what a cob is. Okay. A, a cob is like maybe a corn cob, you yeah, know, yeah. like an ear of corn. Yeah. Um, but I just thought it was like a made-up thing that you guys made up. Like, I had no yeah, idea. Yeah, well, to, to, to a degree it was. And then you've got some colloquialism in there as well. Right. So That's the part I was unaware of. So the, the reason cob exists is, as you probably know, but others might not know, uh, lawnmower death started before lawnmower death started, if that makes any sense. So, mm-hmm. so Chris Flint, Mr. Flymo, was yep. in uh, a band called Scrawm. Um, and Scrawm were okay. They they sounded a bit like Merciful Fate or something like that. They, you know, they were okay. sort of verging around that new wave of British heavy metal, but into that sort of Euro metal stuff that was going on. And, and they were quite good, but, you know, they were a local band and they were never going to be more than a local band. But they did all mm-hmm. right, you know, play, playing local shows and stuff like that. And he was quite an angry young lad uh, in those days. And he used to be so angered that the, the music papers wouldn't write about him or give him any attention uh, in that band, in his proper band, that he made yeah. up Lawnmower <laughs> Death as a fictitious band to see if anybody sure. would okay. write about it, and people did. And suddenly he started yeah. getting loads of press for a band that didn't actually exist, and that's the reason Lawnmower right. Death started. That's and awesome. as part of that, he, he started making a fanzine, and it was about a character called Cobshape. And all Cobshape was okay. was a, a skull who hated wimps and posers. So it, <laughs> Cob Shape love, loves death metal, hated glam metal, you know, yeah. loves thrash metal, you know, hated posturing, and, and so on it went. Yeah. So he, he just wanted Paul to Bailoff kill. Style. He just wanted to kill posers. That's all Cob Shape. Right. It was just an excuse for him to write a really violent comic about a skull that hated any music that he didn't like, basically. I love it. Um, yeah. And, and so everything got the word cob attached to it. So it became cob shape rather than it being the skull. Uh, beer became cob brew and so on. It went. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that was the reason cob existed. But cob in Nottinghamshire, where we live in our region, cob is a bread roll. It's just yeah, a local okay. name for a bread roll. Um, right. So. Um, you know, in, in other areas, they'll, they'll 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 call it a roll, or they call it a balm cake, or whatever. But it's a cob in Nottingham, and if you yeah. look at a bread roll, it looks a bit like a skull. Yeah, so yes. those kind of things all all lined up. That's basically what a cob is. But cobs just developed and developed and developed over the years because it, it started with this little hand drawn pathetic looking skull, and and now and now it's this you know huge character 
you know, all yeah. controlling space thing. And, and we get to do some really cool stuff with it from an imagery point of view, which is fun. Yeah, that's amazing. I, I mean, I didn't even know about the bread roll connection. Yeah, until yeah, yeah. A few Just think of a bread ago. roll and think of a skull. And they're not dissimilar yeah. looking things if you punch two eye holes in it. Uh, you know, it, it's that <laughs> way for thin, I'm afraid, Jason. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, but you know, it's Cobb's been with us ever since day one, really. So, you know, we still yeah. attached, you know, there's a, you know, you know, Cobb's got a new song on the album and stuff like that. So. Right. That's amazing. So, um, People that are familiar with my work, I started a little one-man kind of project in, oh God, would have been 94, I think, called Especially Likely Sloth. And I had basically a pseudonym named Chris Cobb. Okay. Because of Lawnmower Death. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So anybody yeah. listening that's familiar with Especially Likely Sloth, Chris Cobb awesome. was 100% in uh, honor of Lawnmower Death. So, yeah, Cobb has been definitely in my consciousness for, you know, 30-some years. And I, I had no idea about the bread roll until maybe two years ago, maybe. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's usually when people are throwing the matters. That's when you suddenly realize. <laughs> I would, yeah, Get them off. I would like to see that. I would like to see that. <laughs> it when, wouldn't uh, be the first time. When, when I saw you guys, uh, I believe there were a lot of, um, like, inflatable cobs or something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, those were yeah, those were awesome. Yeah, we've had to scale uh, those down. Um, uh, so it, it, they they used to be, I, I don't know whether you call them medicine balls in uh, in the US, but like big exercise yeah, mm-hmm. balls. Yeah, big. Right. So we used to use those because they were big and heavy, and you could buy them in green. Um, and so yeah. and, and then we just put a transfer face onto them. And we've okay. got giant cobs, you know. Um, That's great. Like, you know, like a meter radius kind of thing, and we throw them in the crowd. And because they don't deflate and because they can't burst, they'd last mm-hmm. forever all the way through the show. But the problem was these things were really, really heavy. So you'd yeah. see somebody walking through the crowd and they weren't looking. They're like, bang, and they, they were down on the floor and there's beer everywhere and, and shit like oh, that. Oh, no. And we just kept injuring people with these things. So in the end, we had to scale it down. And we just made them really large inflatable balloons now. Um, which yeah. means they don't last very long, but it's quite good fun watching a load of balloons bounce around the crowd oh, for sure. a while. And then, then you know, what what all good adults do is burst balloons because adults hate balloons, don't they? If you've ever had well, children, yeah. you learn to yeah. hate balloons. Yes, my wife very much, very much hates balloons. So yeah, no type. fun of balloons. <laughs> that, that's yeah. from years of taking your kids out for a meal or something like that when uh-huh. they're three years old. And they're given crayons and they're given a balloon to keep them quiet. And then what do they do? They wait till you're driving home in the dark and then they pop the fucking balloon and scare yep. the shit out of you. Um, and you swerve uh, off the road. So yeah. at that point, you learn to loathe balloons, really. Um, yeah. But yeah, bal- balloons are safer than big, heavy medicine balls, really. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense for sure. So well, um, you have a show coming up. Sorry, go on, I'm yeah. talking over you. How no, rude no. of me. Oh my gosh, Pete, you're so rude to me. Always. Uh, Christmas show. You do you do a Christmas show every year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was about correct? two weeks' time, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we, yeah. we've, oh, we've done more. In fact, I mean, the, the, it goes back around to the first incarnation. We used to do a Christmas tour um, back, back oh, then. Wow. So we, we've always okay. had this... Um, you know, affinity we're going out at Christmas, I guess, and, and doing a couple of shows uh, and so on. Yeah. But since we since we got back together, I mean, it's mainly festivals uh, and so on. But we, we, we like to go and do a club show, um, you know, at Christmas. And, and, and so, yeah, we, we, we play London in two weeks, I think it is, two and a half weeks, something like that. Okay. Uh, yeah. Playing at the Garage, which is a is a really great venue in London. So, and we'll see what it's like because it'll be the first club show we've done since COVID, really. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And so I guess it's going to be a it's going to be a bit of a different thing. Um but I think uh, so. Yeah. But you know we we go in, we'll all go and be safe and we'll go and have some fun I hope. So so yeah, we've got that in in a couple of weeks time and then then back into a few festivals next year I guess and see what happens. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh yeah, it's really every year I'm like I'm going to make it to the show. I'm going to make it to the show. Um oh, but there honestly, a different when thing at the planning, club shows. They're, they're yeah, really different. Yeah, you know, you take something like, I, I mean, Bloodstock, we were headlining that night, weren't we? So I guess that was yeah. a, 
you know, bigger set, you know, um, or whatever. But but normally, it costs like, you know, if we're like playing something like Download or one of those really monolith type festivals, you know, you're out for half yeah. an hour. It's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you, you can just throw everything we do into 30 minutes um, and they're, they're, they're <laughs> yeah. just really great. Whereas the club show, you've got to think it through a little bit more because the set's going to be longer sure. and it's a different yeah. environment, stuff like that. Um, but they've got a bit of traction in as much as people really enjoy them. It's become a thing. So people travel for yeah. it. You know, part of their Christmas yeah. is going to watch a bunch of old idiots like us uh, make a noise for a, for a bit, you know, and that's, yeah. that's great. And, and I, I like the fact that's a thing. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, and I've, I've, I've every year I'm, I tell myself I'm going to make it happen, and and I started planning it this year, um, but you know as things go, life happens and COVID of happens, course. and then COVID extends. Um, but it's still still a goal of mine to make it out there for one of those shows sometime. It'd be um, good to see you. If you, got you know, there. I I actually haven't seen you guys. You know, I mean, I was well. No, I was... <laughs> you've been in it, but you've not seen it. That that's a yeah, different yeah. thing. So I'm told. I've never seen this yeah. either. Um, but uh, I'm exactly. told it's quite a thing. My bandmates were like, "Oh my god, that was so amazing!" I'm like, "I, I actually don't know. Like, yeah. <laughs> it was great for me, but yeah, I didn't. I, I think didn't our, see co- a lick our of core it, objective was... is generally to try and confuse people. That's generally what we go out and do. My um. Yeah, my my bandmate Aesop, I remember him saying something like, uh, "Their humor is so painfully British that I'm not sure if they would go over well in the states." And Which I'm like, strange, I don't know, yeah, but because it's with the new album, we're already starting to pick up interest over there. Are you? And, and, okay. and others have said this, by the way. Um, uh, you know about you know the Britishness of us. Um, yeah, and and so. But we're getting, we're getting to see different things this time, which has never happened to us before. It has always been a very yeah. British, or, you know, predominantly UK because we're very British. But if we went into Europe, sure. as we used to do, we're very much seen as a punk band over there. So we're, we're out playing, yeah. with, you know, punk bands in, in Europe and so on. Uh-huh. So they saw us really differently, just like, a you know, an odd punk band um, or something sure. like that. But what seems to be happening with the new album is... Um, it seems to be translating. I don't know why. Um, I haven't got a clue as to why. But, um, you know, we did a big thing with Decibel and they gave us way too much coverage, mm-hmm. you know. And, um, you know, we because you can see your streaming stats, which you, you never had a clue, did yeah. you, back then? Uh, you no, just released no an album and out it went. But, um, you know, the streaming stats, um, you know, the US and Russia are my two big markets at the moment. Really? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like Moscow and St. Petersburg yeah. are hammering it. Um, and long way they carry on doing that. That's great, you know. Uh, and the UK is doing great, but they're much bigger territories. Um, and suddenly we're finding right. we, we're getting... So we, we, now we're doing interviews with, you know, magazines all over the world, and we never had that before. The French said it to me last week. I, I did a, a, a big, big sort of indie magazine in uh, in France last week, and he was saying the same thing. You were you were so British in '91 that we 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 hadn't got yeah. a clue what you were. And he said, you know, if you wanted heavy, there were bands that were heavier than you, and if you wanted fast bands, right. there were bands that were faster than you. Um, yeah. It didn't mean we didn't like you. There was just something heavier something faster or something more extreme because that's what we're always looking for but the new album seems to have really worked for them and they really like it so so i don't know yeah it's interesting it it just seems to have struck a chord this time i think probably because we've got some songs we never wrote the songs are great (laughs) well i I don't know about that i think i I genuinely this will sound like i'm being big-headed which absolutely i am um of course you are uh, it's I think it's much more song based. It's it, it's heavier than we've done before, and it's yeah. more aggressive mm-hmm. than we've done before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what we've learned, and this is down to Steve, not down to me. It's you know most of the song structure is Steve and Chris Billum coming in and so on. They yeah. structured into songs, so it doesn't do what Ukraiki did, which it goes riff, 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 finish. Oh yeah. Next up, next saying. track goes riff. Odd riff, riff, finish, uh, short one, long right. one, and so on. Um, we just wrote riffs. That's what we did before. We didn't yeah. write songs. Whereas I think this still does that. It's got some really big riffs on it. It's got some really big hooks on it. But they're structured into songs. And I think that's suddenly why the US may be turning their heads or 
or the European yeah, Summary maybe understand so. it. If they don't understand the lyrics, that doesn't matter so much. But if they if, no. if they grasp the, the songs, then that's great. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, I think proudly we've written some songs, whether they're good or bad songs, I don't know. But I think we've written some <laughs> songs and that's a good thing. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because, uh, again, I mean, I've been such a fan for so long. I never really considered Lawnmower to be overtly British or anything like that. Or it just, it, to me, you're just Lawnmower. I didn't really think of it being alienated, alienating from somebody that's not from the see, UK. I, I wouldn't have thought that either. You see, I mean, people people say some odd things. Uh, for, oh, yeah. You know, sure. like, are we a comedy band? Or, or, or the word right. parody gets you, you know. We, yeah, we couldn't parody yeah. anything in 1988. It didn't exist. We were at the start yeah. of it. So I'm not sure how yeah. we ever got this moniker of, you know, parodying things because there wasn't anything to parody. Um, yeah. I always thought, just thought we were a bit goofball or oddball and strange. Right. And, and I think that's what we wanted to do. We wanted to be humorous. Um, mm-hmm. But that didn't affect Frank Zappa, did it? You know, Frank, Frank right. wrote, you know, strange you know outrageous in a lot of cases lyrics um with amazing musicianship we didn't have the amazing musicianship but we certainly had the oddball lyrics and and i think we just wanted to be a little bit odd really we just didn't want to be run of the mill and do what everybody else does writing about cars and women you know um (laughs) and, and, and all the obvious dull stuff you can write write about that just seems a bit lazy to me um yeah you know, we were just doing something a bit different. There was the characters, and um, so so I'm not sure we ever understood that either. But I'm very grateful yeah, people just... are getting hold of it this time. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I hope that this you know expands your audience, uh, you know, much more. I mean, I think so, somebody I called think me an everybody... overnight sensation the other day. <laughs> Forty really? years, and I'm an overnight <laughs> sensation. I'm uh, yeah, delighted. Yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious that's amazing yeah i mean 40 years is that's not so much overnight uh well maybe it's it's that long for anybody other than the uk to have a a look at it but that's that's okay we're still here we're still breathing so yeah yeah i mean i i think everybody knows you know that's anybody that's in the in the metal scene they know the name lawnmower death i'm just not sure that a lot of people have actually heard you yeah. Um, at least in the states, that maybe that's a know. good thing. If if our reputation is such, they know us, but they they they've not been put off by us because they've not heard it. That's that can only be good, can't it? Yeah, I I don't know. <laughs> that's maybe, nearly a perfect maybe. storm. That. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's great, uh, Pete. I got to wrap this up. It was Let's amazing it. to talk to you again. It's been um, great to see you, mate. Really, really yeah. good. The band send the love, by the way. Oh, they thank you. Uh, send, send them my love as well. That's awesome. Yeah, send them my love. Uh, good luck at the show. Uh, Thank you very in a couple much. Weeks. Yeah, I'm looking forward to I'll that. be there in spirit. Um, and yeah, thanks so much for taking the time, talking about the new record, and uh, keep in touch. Maybe we can do this again sometime. Sounds good to me. Oh, before we go, uh, if anybody wants to order the new album, how do they do that? Easiest thing, uh, get yourself on Google. <laughs> it's probably the quickest way. Uh, so we're, we're signed yeah. with Cherry Red. Uh, so I'm sure you guys okay. know about Cherry Red over there anyway. Uh, so just go to the Cherry Red website, basically. But if you stick into Google, Lawnmower Death Cherry Red, you're going to find it. Uh, and you can Perfect. pre-order to your heart's content, and we would be very grateful. Awesome. All right. Uh, check that out. And you can go to my website, earthandsound.org, to buy uh, I Hate Music hoodies, shirts, uh, my clothing line, any of the music that I'm involved with, including Snares of Sixes, which uh, our guest Pete today has been involved with the last two releases. Buy that. Buy that one. Yeah, it's it's good. I'm not not biased at all, but it's very good. Um, also I, I, I've some... been told it's excellent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's great. Um, and I've got some shirts from bands like Disharmonic Orchestra, Confessor, Thief, uh, bands like that. Um, Check that out, and uh, I'll see you next time. And thanks again, Pete. Pleasure. Really good to see you. All right. See you soon. We're out of here.
and earth in sound production.